Hello, everyone. This is uh, the eighth episode, I believe, or eighth interview of A Moment in History, WCCS's new podcast where we record people, different people's perspectives and uh, ideas and experiences during the really weird year of 2020. I'm Harrison Zyberg, and today I'll be interviewing if they'd like to introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Becky Fried Barlow. So, Becky, to start off just from the beginning, uh, do you remember? Do you remember the moment when we were told that, or you were told you wouldn't be going back to campus when we were moving to offline learning? Yeah, so I was actually sitting at my desk and my sister got the email. She goes to Mount Holyoke and she got the email uh, two days prior that like, they had to pack up and leave. I was like, oh, okay. And then I got the email that was like, hey, you gotta come get your stuff when you go on to online learning. And at first I was like, oh okay but then once i started like realizing it, it took a few hours i was like well this is my life now so what were some of the feelings surrounding that moment um i was confused i was a little shocked but i also like it didn't really surprise me that we were going online because a lot of other colleges in massachusetts already like stayed that they were going online so now, do you remember pre-COVID or pre when COVID hit, uh, where you go to school in the U.S.? Do you remember? Did you think about it a lot? Did you have? Did you worry about it, or is this sort of not on your radar? About the COVID. About, about COVID, COVID, yeah. Um, I really like. I think I like. I was like everyone else in December when they like declared it was in China, and I was like, okay, like it really didn't bother me. But then when it finally like. I think the first case when it hit the U.S., I was like, oh, okay. Well, because if it's one person, then there's definitely other people. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, I really didn't worry about it, but then I actually started worrying about it because there um, other, like, Asian-Americans or Asian people were being, like, physically attacked in the U.S., and I was a little worried for my safety and my sister's safety because we're both from Asia. But... Yeah, that's honestly about it. Like at first I wasn't worried, but then by like the middle of March, I was pretty worried. Now, um, what was a typical online class for you like? Um, well, so three of my courses, we didn't meet. In Zoom classes, but if the one that I did meet in Zoom classes, it was twice a week for a half an hour, and it was really difficult because we like did a lot of discussion-based topic, like we discussed a lot, and that was hard to do over Zoom because it's just better to be in the room with people, like physically, because you can write things in light while the you know chalkboard and everything. But then everything, all my other classes were just like you're given a packet, finish the packet each week and then write a discussion post on, on course and then go on with your day or your week. So what do you think was lost in the transition from uh, online or on-campus learning to off online learning? I think what was lost was that not everyone has the accessibility to uh, technology. And also some people, like, I feel like sometimes the uh, college is didn't realize that not everyone's like, you know, 
home based kind of thing was like you know was the best environment for them. So. Now, again, I know you personally, and I know we've taken history classes together. I know you've taken a few history classes. So if you can think as a historian for a moment um, and pretend you're either in a year or however many years and you're looking back at this particular year, what event do you think historians will focus on? Do you th or do you even think there will be an event that they can focus on? That's a really good question. So like, as I said, so much has happened in just six months. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think if, I don't know if it'd be just one event, but definitely the two events that I feel like would be focused on would definitely be the protests that have been uh, revolving around the death of George Floyd. And then also the virus that has claimed hundreds of thousands of lives, just in the US, but also like millions around the world. So if I was a historian, um, definitely I would focus on those two things. So I feel like those are the two biggest issues slash events going on right now. And if there was, I sort of to move on, but we're gonna go, we'll be back and forth the entire interview, but. Okay. Um, so we've both grown up in the US um, and we've seen, we've sort of grown up seeing videos of police shooting unarmed black men on TV, but never really before has there been this nationwide movement that has come out of it, at least in our lifetime. So what do you think or do, we, or do you think that this time, this moment is different from the other moments? Um, that's a really good question. I was actually talking about it with my parents. Like, why did it take so long for like, people to be like, okay, this is enough. We're going to protest. Like, this is not okay. I just, I don't know why it took so long. It might be that there was video, but there's also other incidences incidences with like police that there have been videos and people are just like, okay. But then like this happened. Also, we had the shooting of, oh gosh, I'm gonna forget his name, of the black man in Georgia who was running and got shot. And then we have Rihanna Taylor who got shot while sleeping in her home. And I think finally people were just like, this is not okay. But I feel like it should have happened sooner because it's never okay for someone in authority, especially a police officer, to shoot or strangle an unarmed anyone, especially a black person, for no reason. Now, were you um, or did you go to any of the protests or were there protests in or where you're from? Yeah, so I'm from Maine and um, I went to a protest in Augusta and that's five minutes away from and it was really peaceful, actually. Like we got there, we had to wear masks because you know, pandemic. But we listened to some speakers. We marched, and then we listened to some more speakers. And it was really powerful. And the thing that definitely got like took away from it is that don't stop now. Like just because you went to a protest doesn't mean you've done your part. Like you're done with your part. Like sign petitions share links to people, educate people, and just keep fighting until like, there's justice for everyone. 
Now you talked about um, educating people. I think that's something that actually hasn't really been brought up. Uh, hasn't really been brought up in the other interviews I've had. At least I can't really remember if that specific terminology has been brought up. So what do you think needs, what do you think people need to be educated on? Where do you think the lack of knowledge is? I think the lack of knowledge is definitely like, definitely like when I go on social media and when I talk to other people, the questions I get a lot are like, why should I be outraged? Why should I be upset? Why don't, why are we saying black lives matter and not all lives matter? Why are we taking like people, like taking down statues? Like why? And so I feel like that aspect is important to explain to people that in the US, there have been hundreds and hundreds of years of systematic, like, you know, racism and hatred towards one race and that it's important to realize that that's not okay. And I'm not, a, I'm not blaming anyone, but I also think the school education system really plays a really big part in how like definitely in history classes of how history is taught, so. Have you been trying to educate yourself further on these, those issues in the last few months? I definitely have, I have been trying to educate myself. Um, uh, the other day I was talking, I didn't even know what Juneteenth was. I like, I don't, I remember growing up and I didn't even learn about it. I didn't even hear about it until um, this past like few weeks. I was, I was shocked. And so I'm trying to learn things and I'm trying to have a conversations with people and try to educate some people along the way. I guess if you could recommend an educational path for learning about these things, like what have you looked to, to become more educated on these topics? Well, I've watched the news a lot because I've been told to watch the news by my parents, but I've also like gone on social media. Twitter is a really good place to go because like you start discussions and definitely I think it's really important to be a part of social media in this day and age. So we've been, we've been, yeah. So that's where I've been getting a lot of things and I should read some books, but right now I'm just on social media and stuff and watching the news. Now did, so you're currently, you said you're in Maine. Did, when you went to the protest, did COVID, did the pandemic come into your mind? Because you're going into a space where there was going to be a lot of people. So did that yeah. enter your mind at all as you were going there? Did it come into consideration at all? Um, not really. I mean, I knew we were in a pandemic, but I was really outraged. And I was hurting. And I was just like, you know what? If I wear masks, Everyone, everyone around me wears masks. I'll be okay. So, I that didn't really come into my mind whatsoever, even when I was driving to the protest. Can you describe just the general atmosphere of the protest? I know it may not be a super helpful word, but that's what I'm also. I'm just curious as to uh, what it actually felt like to be there, especially I think people in the future. Even people now who are at home and can't go to a protest for whatever reason will be curious as to what it felt like to be there. So if you can tell me a little about that, that'd be great. Yeah, so when I got there, there were like over 3,000 people. And for Maine, with a population of like 
one million people. That's a lot, and especially in Augusta. Um, I started to cheer up because, like, so many people are just putting their foot down, saying this is not a, like, no, it's time to do something about it. And I got goosebumps when the speakers spoke, and when we were marching, they had us lie on the ground with our hands behind our back for the how many minutes that George Floyd was putting the chokehold uh, with the, sorry, on the ground with the knee into his uh, neck. And that really got to me because I was just like, I'm laying here, but I have like nothing on, like no one's like yelling at me or anything. And to think that someone had to go through that and not survive just really got to me. But besides that, it was very peaceful. It like it made me really happy that people came together like as one, especially during this pandemic, and we were able to go through something together. Now, um, I'll ask this question because you've pretty much, you've said it a little bit throughout the interview already, but I was just curious as to, and I think other people will be, as to the why. Like we know where you went, we know what you went to, how you got there, you said you went in a car, but what was the reasoning behind going? And I think, I'll say this, when I'm talking to you, when Harrison's talking to Beckett, we may already know some, we already know some things about each other. Yeah. But if you were talking to someone you had never met and had to explain why you went to this protest, what would you say to them? I would say, as an adopted person from an Asian country, that it's important to use the voice that I have to help other people, especially the black community in the US. And I feel like because of, how do I explain this? I just felt obligated, like I had to go, I had to go. I have a voice, I have a voice and it's important to use your voice because Nothing's going to change unless you do something about it. There's not going to be change unless people come together and protest or make calls to government like officials. So that's the reasoning why I went. Now to sort of go back to an earlier topic, um, can you describe right now, obviously again, a global pandemic is still ongoing, but we have seen uh, restrictions be loosened in pretty much every single state. One, can you describe the restrictions currently in Maine, if, or if there are any? Pretty much just describing what daily life is like for you during quarantine. Um, I guess you can talk about in college and then during online learning and then after. I guess that's the first question. That's a big question, so if you want to answer that. The, uh, the, the what's going on? So, okay, I'll rephrase it, but basically, <laughs> What's a daily life for daily a day in the life for you in quarantine? You can say both during online learning and after online learning. And also, do you think Maine is opening up too early? So during or during school during the spring semester, it pretty much like wake up, either go to my Zoom class or look at what I have to do to finish for the day. And then I do it, and then 
this was at the point where we had the stay at home order was still in place. Like we really can't go see friends or anything. The only like reason you had to leave your house was to go like to the grocery store or anything. So I spent a lot of time with my dogs and my family and we got on each other's nerves, but it's fine. Um, and then after this spring semester, I had a week off because I took a summer's course, but that's a completely different story. And then that's finally like when Governor Mills slowly started reopening uh, Maine, like social distancing, but we could see people up to five people in groups of five. And then we have phases, like in phase one, golf courses opened up and then like take out the restaurants opened up. And then we're right now we're in phase two where we can like hang out with friends now, but it's also still keep in mind about the social distancing aspect and then in like now restaurants are finally like slowly open up where like people can go into restaurants but wear a mask or they can be outside and eat at restaurants and the gym has finally opened up but there are uh, precautions and protocols that you have to take when you're at the gym and starting july First, I've heard about out-of-staters is that Vermont and the people coming from Vermont and New Hampshire don't have to quarantine for two weeks. That was uh, stated by the governor. Um, they don't have to do that. But if you're like coming from Massachusetts or you know beyond, um, you have to get a test uh, in the first 72 hours that you get into Maine. So do I think we're opening up too fast? No, I don't think we are, personally, considering the numbers that we have right now of the cases and the deaths. Yeah, I think that's all the questions. Um, now, when this is posted on Spotify and is, is in the historical record, uh, the video probably won't be there, but I see two, looks looks like handmade signs on your wall behind you. Can you tell yeah. me what they say? So one of them, those are the signs that me and my friends made when we took the protest. One says, no justice, no peace. And then the other one says, if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. And I just thought I wanted to put them up because, I don't know, I thought they were cool because they mean something and hopefully they'll be around for years and years to come. And I'll be able to explain to people why we had to protest. Now, is there anything, obviously there's a lot of things that have been going on this year. Um, even just thinking back pre-COVID, or at least when it hit the US, a lot of stuff has been going on. What do you think the top stories will be? Or what do you think, as a sort of, I guess, this is similar to the historian question, but do you think there's anything besides um, the Black Lives Matter movement or this resurgence of that and COVID that is really gonna stick in people's minds? Or at least your mind, this can either be a local issue or a nationwide issue. Um, I think, well, the past two weeks, two things, well, one of, one of the things that's happened is the Supreme Court ruled that 
pretty much LGBTQ plus people could not be discriminated against in the workplace. There was a six to three ruling. And that was pretty amazing. But then a few days prior to that, uh, Trump, sorry, like, you know, the administration pretty much said that transgender individuals, I'm gonna watch this, I'm gonna mess this up. I'm sorry about this. Pretty much stated that, like, you know, medical care wouldn't be covered by the insurance or anything. It could be denied by insurance companies for the treatment for transgender individuals. So I think that's gonna be a big thing because also like we're in Pride Month right now. And so Pride Month, Black Lives Matter movement. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm blanking. I'm so sorry about this. But I think those I would be apologize. those would be two of the things that I feel like people will take away from this year. Now we're also in the middle of a presidential election. And doesn't always get the most attention on the news anymore. But what do you think, I guess just what are your perceptions of the ongoing presidential election as we near November and the actual election date? Okay. Um, I haven't really been following. But I know that I, yeah, no, I haven't really been following it, but I have been, I don't know if you heard about TikTok, Harrison. Um, I, I, I caved in and downloaded TikTok during quarantine. And um, one of the things that has been, you know, talking to town recently on TikTok is the rally that Trump had in, um, oh gosh, what was it, Tulsa? And where people, Gen Z, or they call them Zoomers now, um, uh, RSVP to the Trump's rally, and which is why there were like only like five thousand plus people, people five thousand people there, which I thought was kind of funny. But I haven't, you know, besides the fact I haven't really been following it that much, except I know that Trump is wanting to have a rally in Arizona coming up soon. Um, I mean, Maine's having Senate races going on right now. So Sarah Gideon, who's the Speaker of the House, is running, and so Betsy Sweet. Don't worry, they're just people from, they're uh, politicians from Maine. Other people right. may not know who this is. Yeah, so if, if, you, if you can tell us a little bit more about them, you don't have to obviously give too much detail, but, or if you don't know, it's completely fine, but. I honestly, I really should educate myself more about this, but I, I'm, so Sarah Gideon, as I said, Speaker of the House, and then Betsy Sweet, she was a, she is a politician, she's from Hollowell, which is cool, that's where I'm from, um, and then there's one other person running on the Democratic side, which I don't remember, but that's going on right now, but I feel like, as you like, as you said, other uh, things going on, like the pandemic, the Black Lives Matter, the new protests are really shadowing, I guess, of the um, election coming up in November. But if anything, I'm going to say is, if you're of age and you haven't already, you should definitely register to vote because that's important. 
because your vote counts and it matters. Now, do you think this time period, either these few months, this year, this past few years, do you think it's going to serve as like a generational divide? Either you remember this time period or you don't, or do you think this sort of, or do you think this moment doesn't represent something that large? I think there are certain moments in our history where it's like, oh, you remember that happening, or you hear about it in the history books, and that's definitely like can affect the generation moving forward. Do you think this moment or these past few years is going to affect people our age in the long run? I think it definitely will. Definitely will. Um, it may not affect others of our generation, but it definitely will affect some. Uh, for example, maybe children of immigrants, um, LGBTQ plus uh, people. Um, yeah, I think it will affect others more than it'll affect others more than others, if that makes sense. Like some will definitely not learn this from their parents or family members in the future, but they'll definitely learn it from history books and movies. But some will also like be related to people that have definitely been affected by what's happened in the past few years. Now to move to something sort of hopefully more positive, um, what's been a highlight of quarantine for you or just like anything that positive that has happened? Okay. Um, let's see. What? Hmm. I think I. Hmm. I mean, I got to. I get to see my friends now. I mean, yes, we still social distance and everything, but it's been really nice to see my friends. Um, but also, I've got to hang out a lot with my dogs, and they're really happy that I'm home. Honestly. Yeah, that's about it. So is there anything that I uh, haven't mentioned that you would want to talk about or think, think is important to talk about? Again, it can either be a very local issue for you or it can be something that you think is affecting the entire world. Um, well, this is going to affect you and me, Harrison. Uh, on July 1st, we get to learn if we're going back to college or not, like what's the game plan. And um, I was talking to my sister the other day and um, they're trying to figure out what their game plan is. And one of the things that's been rumored about is they may only let a certain amount of people come back to college. And I just wanna, I just wanna know your, your uh, thoughts on maybe us, our game plan of either going or not going back to college because now that we only have eight days until we learn what's going to happen, let's just hear what you think. This is the first time someone has asked me a question during an interview. Boom. Swapping spots right now. Um, so my viewpoint is that I miss school. I miss my friends. I would like to go back to school campus and be on campus, but if they give the option of you can either go online or go in person, I would that's a hard conversation and a lot of thinking I'm gonna to have to do because campus will obviously be, it's gonna be a potentially dangerous spot for COVID, which that's why I guess I'm afraid of my own personal safety, but also my dad who is high risk. Uh, 
I wouldn't want to infect him. It would make it weird because I really couldn't come back home. I couldn't visit my grandparents who live near school. And then even then, I don't know, the big thing about being on campus is that you can go to different clubs and different events and you can hang out with friends and have dorms. But if there's so many restrictions that that can't happen, I don't know what the benefit will be. Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on the situation of going back or not? Would you go back on campus if given the option or would you stay on online learning? Um, if I had, some days I think I did completely fine with online courses. Like it was a little difficult, but I got through it. Um, but then also, I just also missed the social aspect of being able to see my friends, being away from home, you know, my independence is gone pretty much when they're home. But um, I also have to take, as you said, into consideration that there are other risks involved. Like my parents are high risk, um, they're a little older. I wouldn't be able to see my grandparents or really anything, but also they're going to be restrictions when we go back to college, if we go back to college, and what will happen? Like, I'm supposed to room with someone else. I have a roommate. What's going to happen there? What are, what's going to happen with uh, meals or classes? Or will people be allowed to go off campus? And it's just a lot of what ifs. And hopefully on July 1st, we'll figure that out. Again, and as we know, but uh, other people may not. They haven't even told us how much next semester is going to cost yet. Yeah, no, we don't know anything yet. So is this that very much that big vagueness and not knowing does that cause you a lot of anxiety or have you been able to sort of push it away? Um, it does cause me a lot of anxiety. It's like, it does cause me a lot of anxiety because I ex expect for a college to like have a game plan because I get a lot of questions from my family members and my parents have definitely been like asking like, where's your bill, where's your bill? And I'm just like, I don't have it yet. I don't know what's happening. And I honestly really hope that by July 1st, we're gonna know because our semester is supposed to start on September 1st, which is two months from then. So fingers crossed that we know what's gonna happen. Now, obviously the pandemic uh, changed everyone's plans and I haven't asked this to anyone else before, um, but what you were saying made me think of it. How did the pandemic change your summer plans or change things going forward? Because I know things have changed, changed for me. I'm sure they've changed for every single person I've spoken to before, um, but I've never specifically asked that question. So how, is, how did your plans change because of the pandemic? Well, I was supposed to um, do internships, but that fell through. And then I came home and I was like, okay, well maybe I can work because I worked in a restaurant over the summer last year, last summer. And my parents were just like, no, you're not working because you know, pandemic, COVID. And it's made travel a lot harder, especially like I really can't travel out of state. Um, like if I want to see my friends like you, that'd be a little difficult comparison because as I said, different states. And then also I really can't see my grandma who I miss a lot and I would spend weekends with her and I haven't been able to see her physically for since March when I had to go back to get my stuff from college 
and it's kind of sad. And also, my girlfriend, um, we can't visit each other because travel is restricted. So it's definitely difficult, and that's how it's changed my summer plans. But we're trying to make the best of it, just trying to stay positive, go on daily walks, you know, you know. Where were you going to intern? Um, you know, you caught me there. I hadn't looked into it yet, but I was told to get an internship, and I was trying. I had a few uh, interviews set up. Uh, one was for prison reform in Maine, and then one was located in Rhode Island um, with transgender individuals and uh, youth detention centers. But that fell through, and I'm really sad because that would have been really cool. Now I'll, say, um, I'll pose a question again. Is there anything else that I haven't spoken about that you'd like to? Um, can't think of anything. I think we talked a lot about mm -hmm. some of the major things going on, but I really can't think of anything. Okay, then I'll move on to the last two questions. And these okay. two questions I have asked all the uh, people I've interviewed. I'll say the first one. What do you think the next steps are? You can either answer this really in any way you want, but I guess individually, locally, as a nation, as a society, what do you think the next steps moving forward are? Jeez, on just everything? That's up to you, what you want to focus on. Okay, I think definitely this finding some way to stop this um, virus, I think that's the number one thing because we really can't continue with our lives, or, you know, daily lives without figuring out the game plan, what's gonna happen there. Um, and also with the protests, um, there's new legislation coming through um, what's like going on with that? Um, defunding the police, uh, laws. There was one I don't hold me accountable. Is it in New York or Louisiana, where they sent uh, made a law pretty much saying that police can't go into houses without a warrant, like you know the knock warrant because Breonna Taylor was shot um, while sleeping. What else? Honestly. I think we're gonna try to figure out the pandemic thing. We have to, as I said, daily lives are important that we can continue on as a society and grow. And then the protests are definitely a huge thing. Just like finding justice, using our voice. And yeah. And then the last question, are you hopeful? Just hopeful in general? Mm -hmm. Again, yeah. you are hopeful? <laughs> I think I am, I am hopeful. Yeah, so much has happened, as I said, in the last six months, but it also has brought people closer and closer together. And we are seeing change. And so I am definitely hopeful. Hopeful. Well, thank you for sharing, um, for saying everything and answering my questions. Again, this was A Moment in History. Uh, this will be episode eight. I was joined with Beckett Freed Barlow. And uh, for all future people to know, like all the other interviews, this was recorded over Zoom. So if there's any technical problems, uh, it shows the times that we're living in because we can't have this interview in person. Um, and truthfully, I don't know if we would be having this interview in person if, it, if we could.
because I don't know if the same impetus there be record the times. Again, thank you all for listening. We hope if you're listening to this now that it helps you learn about someone else's story and experience. And if you're listening to this in the future, that tells you just a little bit about this time. And thank you all for listening. I was Harrison Zyberg. Um, this was WCCS Podcast, A Moment in History.